Welcome, dear listeners, to the fourth and final episode of the podcast series Saxon on the Move. I'm your host, Anna Ribeiro. Over the course of the past three episodes, our guests from Saxony's vibrant startup and business scenes talked about their paths from launching their ideas to maintaining and scaling businesses through networking, marketing, and attracting venture capital. To wrap up our series, we hear from our guests in this episode on how they perceive German business culture, which hardships they have had to overcome, and their opinions on what might come next for Germany and Saxony. When it comes to startup culture, Silicon Valley is the obvious point of reference. But as we've learned over the past episodes, startups are also an integral part of Saxony's economic infrastructure. And Silicon Saxony has become an industry association itself. Regina, you have spent most of your work life in Germany. How do you perceive the German business mentality? I don't think that the business culture in Saxony is different from other parts of the com uh, country, but German culture, as I said, not every company is the same, of course, uh, but I uh, observe uh, a lot of perfectionism in companies. Uh, the executives really try to analyze and understand things before they start to act and try things out. And when we come and say, hey, um, let's uh, try modern ways of working like digital collaboration, mobile work and, um, and so on, they often try to understand it first to know all the consequences. And when they really have the feeling they have a lot of knowledge on it, then they start uh, to try things out often. And that makes change uh, management sometimes very um, slow and not so easy. And of course, in every company, you always have the teams that are more progressive and they try to, to, do, uh, to, to um, try things out. And those are the people that we usually work with. Uh, not not the late uh, uh, how do you call it? legats, but the the people who are really keen on new working styles. But still, the main culture usually is more slow and not really like uh, wanting too much change within a short period. Interesting, Tom. You've been abroad. And Gecko2 is part of a global initiative to prepare German companies to set foot in the U.S. and vice versa. How would you weigh in on the cultural differences when it comes to business? <laughs> when I started my three months visit in the United States, it was very hard to experience that um, it is very easy to get in touch with Americans. So the cultural difference is is huge and it is easy to start a conversation and you, you have a good feeling when you talk to them, you know, and then you say, okay, that sounds like a great idea. I'll call you tomorrow or let's meet tomorrow. And then you call them and they do not even remember your name. So this was, that, that was very hard for me to get used to it because in Germany, I would say the business culture, Germans are, reliable when you say okay 
that sounds interesting. Let's talk tomorrow. We will talk tomorrow. And in the United States, that's a little bit different. But on the other hand side, um, the Americans, they are more willing to try out something new before they know the last detail. They say, okay, that sounds interesting. And when when they answer the phone on the next day, it is more easier to to really do the project with them because they are willing to try out something new and they are not um, afraid for they are not afraid to fail. And this is a big difference in my opinion. Taylor and Sean have lived in both the US and Germany. Let's hear how they describe the differences between the startup scenes. Taylor? Um, so I actually came over with my wife and she's at university in Leipzig. She studied physics. Um, and so we got to visit and be in the city and um, it felt like fertile ground. I didn't know that at the time, but that's what I realized it was, was that um, there was so much space where you didn't have this kind of like traditional like startup mindset of like like i said that you can find it in silicon valley or many of the major cities um especially in the u.s where it's all about how much money can you squeeze out of a business and that's not the mindset in leipzig or in saxony um and there's so much of a communal environment i would say um like people really seem to care about each other in a deeper way like from a systemic level all the way to um you know, these kind of houses that you see where people are just living together and taking care of each other and wanting to take care of the environment. So, um, but also there's this, you know, artistic, creative energy that's in the air, this like desire to express, express oneself and to make a change and an impact. Um, so I think it's just this kind of environment felt right to build. Yeah. Just to build within and to kind of add some of the best things I think from the U S in terms of its innovation culture. Um, but maybe in a place where it can be more sustainable. The U.S. approach to business is very much about money. Um, I think it's, I mean, like, it's important to make money in any business because you, it's a, like, to survival. But I think in the U.S., it's how much money can you make is the question. Um, and that's the number one priority. And when that's the number one priority and nothing else goes above that, um, then it pretty much means that like everything else is second, like solving the problem is second. Um, and there's like legal rules, especially when you're a public company, um, you have like a fiduciary duty to make money for your shareholders. And so if you want to make a decision, that's like, um, you know, what's better for the people you can get sued if you, if it doesn't make enough money in like a short enough period of time. Um, and that just doesn't, I'm just, I'm a product focused person. I like quality. Um, I'm, I like craftsmanship. I like when people do something really, really well. Um, and so that's just a clash. Whereas I would say, um, in Germany or, you know, I haven't been in the West as much. Um, but there's just checks and balances that I feel like are intact. Um, where it's people's rights as citizens, people's lives matter in terms of like, it's expected that people have time to take breaks. You know, it's expected that people's life isn't their work, um, that they have kids that they can grow and do, you know, go on vacation, take care of their homes. Um, there's just certain standards and safety nets. So I feel like that kind of creates a base level of motivation or, or like incentive structures for business um, and what's allowed and what's not allowed. Um, 
And so I think that's like probably one of the big reasons that German companies, like you don't have as many of these like massive, you know, companies that have the same GDP as countries um, <laughs> because there isn't that level of exploitation, um, you know, or just kind of singular focus on money. Um, but at the same time, like, I think you can see it in the news and pretty much anywhere you look at the life, the quality of life in Germany and, you know, all these like small and medium sized businesses, like there's just a lot more health and sustainability there. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, that's what kind of like came to my mind. Sean, what do you think? Hard to say. I've never worked directly in Silicon Valley myself, but what I will tell you generally between the German startup scenes and the American startup scenes is um, they're both really good areas to grow a startup, but there are cultural blocks that depending on what you're doing and when you're doing it can either be seen as a disadvantage or an advantage. Um, I don't think I could provide a more vaguer answer than that, so I'm going to <laughs> clarify. Um, in the United States, we have generally this very hard culture of, you know, we've got to move fast. Um, we've got to get all the information that we can to make decisions. And we would much rather learn from mistakes and keep moving forward. And, um, and you know, let's, let's see what happens. We'll fail as a team and we'll grow together. That is representative in, in really everything, not just the actual founding of the startup, but that also goes when you're talking with pilot projects, that goes when you're in your negotiations with, with investors. I mean, you've, you've got these cases of, uh, you know, people getting seed rounds in Silicon Valley that are already in six digit figures and the prototype's not even developed. Um, you know, the founders are just charismatic enough and the idea sounds good enough that an investor will actually take that risk and say, okay, you know, I like where you're going. I haven't heard something like this before. Here's $2 million. Let's make it happen. And that can bite startups in the butt quite a lot in the States because, I mean, burn rates are high, startup failure rates. I think uh, overall, the last time I checked, the uh, survivability rate for Silicon Valley was somewhere in the low 60s. Um, don't quote me on the stat because the last time I checked this was around probably end of 2017, so it mm -hmm. could be way different now. Um, but, I mean, you're talking a pretty pretty mediocre survival rate, high burn rates all over the place, money just going into really everything. And, uh, you know, maybe of that 60% survival rate, we'll get two unicorns, um, you know, startups valued at over a billion, um, which is cool. You know, that's a cool, that kind of matches this whole mentality of being the startup, that that kind of mentality was born in Silicon Valley and all of the startup hubs around the world are doing their best to emulate this, but then they bring in their own cultural kind of, um, you know, cross, cross culture into this. So in Germany, Saxony, um, you know, as a whole, the German culture is much more risk averse. I mean, you just look at the debt statuses between the two countries, you have the USA kind of just, you know, the average American is just wailing in credit debt or uh, student loan debt or whatever the case may be. And then over here in Germany, we're still paying for everything with, with cash because, you know, that's that's safer. Um, that's reflected in the startup scene because it's basically unheard of that a, in, a German investor is not going to give a six-figure investment to a startup that cannot prove their concept. Um, this is just unheard of. I mean, here in Saxony, 
a seed round of maybe 80,000 euros is considered a good seed round, you know, by, by Silicon Valley terms, that's, that's basically laughable, you know, 80,000 euros, that's called that a hundred thousand uh, us to start. Uh, it's Silicon Valley. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's pocket change. That's, I'm going to burn through that in, in three weeks. Um, but this can, this is considered good in, in Germany. Well, in this region and, uh, you know, the startups, they have to fight for that. You know, they've got to show that the concept is working, that they've done the market research, that they've, uh, got letter of intents, uh, to purchase from X amount of clients. So it's slower, but at the same time, the, if you look at the growth rates, Germany typically is not going to have too many of these hockey stick growth rates that we talk about in charts where it's like, okay, solid, solid growth, solid growth. And then a spike that just, you know, kind of shoots off the charts. Um, You'll see that in the States more often, but in Germany, you'll see a much more predictable and stable trajectory of, uh, of growth and income. So again, depending on the product, your timeline, your sales cycles, sometimes you need this aggressiveness in the United States to kind of flourish. Um, but if you're, you know, about that long-term goal and you want to just make something that's safe and you want to grow it and you want to do it right from the start and minimize the mistakes along the way, then the German kind of startup scene really, really plays into that much more. So, yeah, I guess we're back at it depends. <laughs> now let's hear what Regina and Stefan have to say about business culture in Saxony. Pro uh, concerning my business is that I have a, a good network here in the region. And I, I know a lot of um, managers, a lot of HR managers and so on. So um, it always helps to be good in business, to have good contacts and good network. And uh, we are also recommended a lot to other customers. So it's like everybody has his own network and they are asked, uh, do you know somebody uh, who can help us and so on. And um, that's how our business uh, grew. And I think um, that's the main pro there. Also, the well, the cities, the bigger cities, are not so far away from each other, and we have good uh, options to go from A to B to Z. Um, but I think in other regions, you have more uh, big companies, um, like in South Germany or in. Um, not Rhein-Westfalen, um, you have more bigger companies uh, where also uh, the headquarters are located and this makes business often much more easy because we do not work with a subsidiary somewhere, but we always work with uh, central uh, departments. And uh, that's the point where we, especially in the beginning, we had a lot of uh, com com uh, customers outside of uh, Saxony and it was a lot of uh, traveling uh, uh, efforts uh, that we had to uh, do. Um, I think a big problem is uh, is money. <laughs> when you uh, see um, like in, in uh, I don't know the number for Saxony, but when you see like the, the middle of Germany, like um, Sachsen, Sachsen-Anhalt, Thüringen, also so middle middle Germany. Um, and I think the investment uh, in startups was like around 100 million uh, euros. In in the in the when you take Germany as a whole, then it's six billion per year. And I think Silicon Valley is the three times more. So um, here in the uh, in the east, also in um, 
like in Dresden, we have many um, research uh, facilities uh, like Fraunhofer and we have very good universities. And so there are many people with very good ideas. And we have also, for example, you know, probably future Sachsen things and they help entrepreneurs. And this is really great. Um, I like it. Um, but uh, when you see the investments here, it's really... Um, it's okay it's growing uh but it's it's not enough you know you to to really scale it up and make the companies big you need uh, much more money and uh, because then you can have a great idea but um then you can't make it big and that's maybe in the silicon valley it's much better there is more venture capital and when companies need it um they they have easier access for uh, venture capital and things are changing here it's getting better, but in my view, it's too slow. Joe, you're from the U.S. and were hired by To Be Ahead in Leipzig. Did you encounter obstacles when you first came here? How do you think interregional or even transatlantic cooperation can help bridge those contrasts? So I think Silicon Valley could actually learn a little bit more of a, a not risk aversion mindset, but a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? they could learn to, I guess, check the numbers a little bit more. One of the problems that all of these big startups have been facing in IPOs is that they weren't actually making money. So Uber is actually a, a money losing business. It's not making money, despite it being as big as it is. Uh, and WeWork as well. WeWork was just bleeding money. They weren't actually making money, which is why their IPO failed so badly. Uh, and part of that was that they had a, such a focus on growth and getting users and not profitability and where the actual money is coming from and where the numbers are at. So I think that they could actually learn that from the German mindset. Um, and I, definitely with these failed IPOs and COVID, there's a change coming for sure from Silicon Valley. Um, so I think they could learn learn that. And just on the, the Saxon mindset, I do think that in the initial stages, they're they need to learn to be more comfortable with taking taking a risk. Um, you can't have all the questions a- answered in the beginning of a business, especially when there is nothing, like zero. Uh, and sometimes the people that we talk to want all the all the questions answered up front, uh, and you just it's impossible to do. You just can't until you start to hit the market and, and listen to what the feedback is and iterate. Uh, it just takes time. You're all either running successful businesses or engaged in accelerating promising ideas. What is your expert advice to the next generation of founders and entrepreneurs? Mm, figure out what, what life you want to live. Um, if it's then just really be honest with yourself about your reasons for wanting to start a business or work on your own idea. Um, and if you can find, I guess, an answer that aligns well with the lifestyle of running a business, which is really stressful and, and can be very scary and trying. Um, like if you find that meaning and that resonance, um, then just go at it wholeheartedly um, and take advantage of the um, take advantage of the support system. So the support system in Saxony is like super awesome. Like you have the um, you have unemployment benefits and you have um, like you just have these grant programs and all of these different like get started programs that'll give you enough to live while you work on your own idea. 
Um, and so if you're really working on something you care about and you can live, then like, that's all you need. So, um, just go at it full heartedly. If you, if you have that thing, then it's there. Don't have to do it. I would tell them to try it out. Just if they really have, have the idea by heart and, uh, are convinced that they are really passionate on what they want to do, then just try it out. But, um, try to check in a very um, small period of time uh, if the idea is working and adapt if it is not working. Uh, don't uh, find it out too late um, because um, sometimes the first move is not the perfect one, uh, but the learning and the getting to know the market better and better is uh, what really makes your company more and more successful. And that's why um, I would tell them to uh, um, de develop the company uh, with the market around it and being in an exchange and in a learning cycle permanently. That's very important. Do it. There's no better time, in my opinion, and there's no better place because you have nothing to lose. Uh, start your business. What do you have to lose? Maybe two, three years at worst and some money. But... Um, The opportunity that you have when you start your own business to create something that is bigger than you and yeah just try it out and i think it is the best thing to do just just do it i would like to end this episode and the whole series with one final question what is entrepreneurship and why is it important i think entrepreneurship is kind of like some form of science for society um It's like the like experimental business, I guess. It's like what could work. We have these theories and these ideas of you know what could be beneficial for society in terms of solutions and systems, um, and then people try it. And I think that's like the best thing about entrepreneurship is just, you just try it. Um, and then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but when it does, that's when things change. That's when um, you know, we get these groundbreaking solutions or we get these small solutions that make things a little bit better. Um, and that's also, you know, some people are more inclined towards these big ones and some people are inclined more to these small ones. Um, but that's what, to me, that's what entrepreneurship is. is just that like sandbox, um, and just providing an outlet for people who want to be those like sandbox people who want to kind of play in the unknown. Thank you for listening to the fourth and final episode of Saxon on the Move. I hope you enjoyed the podcast series and learned something new from our guests. Thanks again to Taylor Harvey, Stefan Honig-Schmidt, Regina Kola, Joe Natoli, Tom Potuchek, Sean Segundo, and Annette Stapa for participating and sharing their insights. This podcast series is produced by the German-American Institute Saxony. The music was produced by Victor Dahlmann and Maximilian Mitschke. For more information about the German-American Institute Saxony, please visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. You find the links in the description below. If you like this podcast, please make sure to recommend it to your friends and family 
and rate it to help it reach more people. Thanks again for tuning in and bis bad.